Welcome to ACDHR in conversation on political prisoners in the UAE. We hope that through this series, you will get a better understanding of the human rights situation in the UAE, which will cover freedom of expression, political prisoners, and the grossly unfair mass UAE 94 trial that imprisoned dozens of activists solely for exercising their rights to freedom and association. Our speakers will help us to reveal the truth about human rights violations in the UAE, given their personal experience and expertise on the subject. Thank you for joining us in today's episode. Hello and welcome to the ACDHR in Conversation podcast. My name is Alina and today I'm joined by Hamad al-Shamsi, an Emirati human rights activist who in 2013 was among 94 political dissidents accused of plotting to overthrow the UAE's government. In the previous episode, he talked about the grossly unfair Mass UAE 94 trial that imprisoned dozens of activists solely for exercising their rights to freedom and association. Now the time has come to share his personal story and experience being a member of the UAE 94 infamous trial. Hello, Hamad. Thank you so much for joining us again. Thank you very much for having me. First of all, I would like to thank you one more time for your interest in sharing the story of your experience as a member of the UAE 94 group. Can you tell us why did you agree to share your personal story with us and our audience? Uh, because, um, yeah, thank you again. I think that a lot of people when they hear about the UAE, they only hear about the tallest building in the world, stuff like that. But when it comes to the human rights level, they do not really observe what's going on in that level. Uh, and when you come as a tourist uh, in the UAE, you will like it, you will love it uh, most likely. But when you live there, especially when you are the citizen of that country, uh, you, will, you will not be as happy as a tourist in that country. That's why I would like to highlight the situation of the human rights situation, the, the human rights situation to the other people of the world and to the, the situation of the prisoners of conscience in the UAE. A lot of people do not believe that there are uh, prisoners of conscience in the UAE. Uh, unfortunately, there are a lot. So I would like to just focus on that uh, uh, aspect and let people know about them. Unfortunately, it is so. Many people all over the world have no idea what's going on in the UAE because its authorities have managed to attract tourism by making Dubai and Abu Dhabi the top travel destinations and hence successfully have polished their true nature and have hidden their poor human rights records. Therefore, it's important to uncover the truth about cross human rights violations happening in the UAE. Uh, going back to the very beginning, can you please elaborate more on why did you decide to be one of those activists who openly criticized the Emirati government and launched a petition for democratic reform? Yes, uh, simply because I love the Emirates. Uh, we, I distinguish between the government of the Emirates and the, gov the Emirates itself. Uh, a lot of people do not distinguish, especially the people in the UAE. I distinguish between these two. I believe the government is not the Emirates. 
So I love the Emirates and uh, I always say that the Emirates deserve the best and because uh, there is no transparency in the UAE, there is no freedom of uh, opinion, uh, there are a lot of prisoners of conscience, uh, secret prisons will not make the UAE as good as we aiming uh, to have. Uh, so I love the UAE and uh, most likely I am aiming to have a better UAE not for us only, but also for the coming generations. In a previous episode, you gave us a clear explanation of the UAE 94 case. As we already know, in 2013, a group of political opponents who called for political reform in the country were arrested, detained, and charged with plotting to overthrow the UAE government. As we understand, you are also a member of the UAE 94 group. However, you survived the arrest. Can you tell us how did it happen? I was lucky enough to be outside the UAE when the crackdown happened in the summer of 2012. Uh, actually, we used to come to Turkey every year since the 80s. Uh, and uh, in the summer of 2012, when I was here for a touristic uh, purposes with my family, the crackdown happened. And uh, uh, the arrest was actually to the people who were very close to me. I suspected that I will be next. If I go back home, they will arrest me. So I decided to stay uh, in Turkey, to Istanbul, uh, not to go back. Uh, and I expected that it will last for a year. I did not expect it will last. Now we completed nine years. I did not expect it to, to last that long. Uh, so I, I decided to stay in Istanbul, in Turkey, not to go back, just to see how, how things will go. Uh, uh, until almost uh, six months later, uh, in the January of 2013, uh, the prosecution uh, referred the detainees to the court, uh, and my name was actually in that list. So I decided to stay outside and to do my part of the job uh, and to uh, defend uh, these detainees. So as we can see, it wasn't you who decided to leave the UAE. You were forced to do it, right? Yeah, I was forced to leave the UAE. Uh, I was here in Turkey uh, for a touristic purpose. Uh, so the crackdown happened. I stayed there because my name, my name was in that list that was referred to the court. Uh, so it was not a choice. Uh, I had to uh, make it. Uh, so uh, that, that's why I'm staying here. While being outside the UAE, you have been sentenced in absentia to 15 years imprisonment. What is your response to the trial protests and the charges against you? To be, to be honest with you, this trial is a historical trial. I, I, I see it in that way. Uh, I am happy to have my name in that trial, uh, not to be trialed, but I am happy to be one of these groups because I believe uh, these 94 are, uh, uh, are the best, one, one of the best people in the UAE, like a group of the best group in the UAE. Uh, and their names will be uh, uh, written in the history of UAE forever, most likely. Uh, uh, like in my case, I am free outside. I can move. I live my uh, daily life uh, uh, normal. Uh, but I am just uh, very sad about the detainees. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, something I will, I will say, I will not say it for myself because I'm living a normal life. But I will say it for the detainees and their families. They are the, the people who are suffering and their name will be written in the history of UAE because this is not a normal trial. This is a political trial. And normally after that trial, 
changes happen. Uh, and I, I, we expect that changes will happen positively and we will have a, a better future uh, because of these people who are in detention. Also, according to the latest news, you are one of four human rights defenders who are being placed on a terror checklist by the Emirati government. How do you respond to these accusations? I mean, the decision is, you know, uh, nothing, nothing unexpected by, from the government of UAE. This is very, I mean, I, I did not expect that one. But uh, the, decision, the decision of UAE to put us on that list uh, just because they are trying to uh, criminalize our human rights work. I mean, they are trying to restrict our ability to move our movement. Uh, our they trying to complicate our legal situation, like in Turkey and other people in London. They are trying to complicate that situation. This is the only benefit they will they will get. Uh, they will they will gain from that decision uh, uh, but you know this is not the only problem uh, I, I see the problem from the other side uh, that when you put human rights activity in terrorism list, uh, terrorism list um, you are actually uh, people will will start to doubt about the the list you know the credibility of the list if you put uh, any uh, people who just you know because you don't like you put them in that list. They, their, their activism. You don't like. You put them in that list. I think in the future people will start to doubt about this list. Their credibility uh, will be lost, uh, and this is the main uh, problem. It's not the problem of having our name, but you know uh, the international community are struggling against terrorism, the real terrorism, and by such action. Uh, people, you know, will lose uh, credibility. I mean, this is the problem that I don't think I don't think that they are seeing it. How do you think is the international community doing enough to put pressure on the Emirati authorities to ensure the immediate release of all the political prisoners and prisoners of conscience? I think the international community is uh, in two parts, like the governmental part and the civil society parts. I think the society. The, the civil society is doing their best. I mean, uh, we, we saw a lot of reports from the UN, from Human Rights Watch, from the Amnesty, from a lot of uh, human rights organization, and they are doing a great job in that way. Uh, however, when it comes to the government, I think the government will recognize money over human rights. Uh, they will see how much they will gain from the country. Uh, nevertheless, that the human rights situation is at the worst level. Uh, so in, in part of government, no, uh, they are not doing anything. They are participating in, in everything that the UAE is doing. Uh, so I don't think that, uh, I think there is more can be done uh, on the government side. Uh, I believe there is more can be done, uh, but I'm not really sure how will we be able to force this government to do their part uh, as they are saying and promoting the human rights in the world. What do you think about the urgent resolution on the UAE recently passed by the European Parliament, criticizing its human rights record and calling for the release of peaceful political activists? It was a very strong message to the UAE. And I really, really hope that the UAE will see it in the positive side, will review their human rights situation. I, I, I hope so. 
I don't believe they will do so, uh, but I hope they will see it from the positive side and will review and, you know, will go back and will see what's going on in the prisons and in the human rights level. Uh, this is a good message, uh, but, you know, as I mentioned, uh, they don't have any legislative uh, rights. I mean, the European Parliament, uh, they only advise the European Union. Uh, but will the European Union will do their part of the, of the job? I mean, I hope so. I hope that at least, I mean, I don't think that they will boycott the Expo, but at least a message should be sent from the uh, European countries to, you know, to the UAE. I mean, they're going to meet with the foreign minister of UAE they should ask about the, what's, what's going on uh, in the detention centers. And they should ask to allow the you know, UN uh, rapporteur, for example, to visit the UAE. The UAE did not allow any UN rapporteur since 2014. Uh, a lot of requests uh, uh, has been sent, but the UAE did not allow them to, end, to, to uh, let them in. So what, what I'm expecting or what I am hoping that, you know, the also the European country, uh, European yeah, Union country will do their part of the job, uh, not only the European Parliament. Do you have any family members living in the UAE? Do they face any reprisals because of your peaceful activism? Unfortunately, yes, uh, they are facing. I mean, we are uh, a big family. Uh, uh, I have seven brothers and seven sisters. I'm. Uh, so with me, we are 15, and my mother is actually over there. Uh, and my mother, my mother is actually almost 80 years old. Uh, he, uh, he, I mean, he's banned from travel since 2018. I mean, they are telling him, telling her that if you need to travel, you need to bring your son back. Uh, otherwise, you will not travel. So my mother cannot travel. My brothers and sisters cannot travel. Uh, so we, I mean, they, every one of them has his own family, his own wife, his own children, uh, their own husband, their own children. So uh, we are disturbing now the whole families and the families of seven, 14 people in UAE uh, because of me. Not only uh, my mother, my brothers and sister, even my uh, mother-in-law and father-in-law. I mean, my wife is not an active uh, member. I mean, he's not active in Twitter. He is not active. He is only my wife. Uh, but uh, unfortunately, the government is punishing also her, has her uh, father and mother. They are telling her that them, if you need to move, if you need to leave out, I mean, to go outside uh, to uh, take off the travel ban, you need to bring your daughter back. So this is the kind of reprisal they are doing. Would you like to come back to the UAE in the near future? Uh, I mean, I hope it is in the nearest future. Uh, most likely, I will go back to the UAE with, uh, once the things goes back to normal. Uh, I mean, I love UAE. Uh, my my my, um, my children always I tell them about the UAE that we are going back. I mean, this is our home country. Uh, this is what I'm telling them all, all the time. So they know that we are going back uh, to the UAE. So yes, uh, I'll go to the UAE. Uh, I mean, by the way, I have uh, my youngest uh, son was born in Istanbul. He never been there, uh, but he always speak when he speak to, the, to my family, he speak to them. And he mentioned some cities he never saw, uh, but he mentioned the names of their cities, like Ajman, Dubai, Charlam. 
so yes, I will go back to the UAE one day and hopefully it will be soon. We hope so too. If you had a chance to talk to the UAE authorities, what would you say to them? What would be your message? I will say to them that our ancestors who made this country, uh, UAE, uh, as beautiful as it is right now, they, uh, in the constitution, when they wrote the constitution back in 1971, they said that we will have, and this is written in the constitution until now, that they, we will have one day a democratic country, a parliamentary country. Uh, and what you are doing right now that you are destroying the dreams of our ancestors. Uh, we are small people like in UAE, only 1 million. We, I mean, all of us know each other. I mean, I know the whole city uh, citizens. Uh, uh, we, 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 we are not terrorists. We are part of this country. Our ancestors, our grandfathers, they built this country all together. So uh, I will tell them not to destroy the dream of our ancestors. Uh, try to build on it, try to make it better. And you will make it better only if you preserve the human rights. Uh, not by money, the money will go, but the human will stay in this country and these humans who are gonna build the country bigger and even brighter. And my last question to you is, what message of support would you send to political prisoners and prisoners of conscience languishing behind bars in the UAE? I will say to them that uh, you are now writing a history, a new history of UAE, uh, being in the prisons, uh, not uh, trying to have a country, a better country. You know, there is there is something that these people are very well-known people in the UAE. They have a, a very, yani, uh, um, uh, very high position in the UAE. If they wanted a money, they have it already. And the government are willing to give them more money if they want to. But they are they are resisting that money because they love the country more than themselves. Uh, the, the prisoners of conscience, I will tell them that you are writing a history of UAE, a new history of UAE, and we are supporting you. And the people, the next generation, will remember you as, as the hero of UAE. Uh, and I think that uh, after their detention we will have a better uh, country to live in, not only us, us and then coming generations. Thank you very much, Hamad, for your heartfelt honesty and courage to speak the truth. Even though the injustices are still present in the UAE, your words inspire hope and faith. We do not forget those unjustly imprisoned for exercising their right to freedom of opinion. And from our side, we'll keep working until all the prisoners of conscience are released. It's been a pleasure to interview you. And on behalf of the ACDHR, thank you, Hamad, for speaking to us today. Thank you again. On behalf of ACDHR, thank you for joining us and for listening to our podcasts. The next episode will be available next Friday. In the meantime, don't forget to subscribe to our social media channels if you want to learn more about the human rights situation in the GCC countries. Thank you.